All right, we are back. It's the Mouthinoff Sports Show here. Dan Sadik alongside Jonathan Sullivan, Ryan Brown, and Zach Lacey. We got NFL football finally back. Thursday night football, Kansas City uh, playing the Houston Texans. And then we got a full week one slate uh, coming right up with the Patriots at home against the Dolphins at 1 p.m. New era. And Cam Newton is now at the helm. It's going to be a different offense completely. We got a lot of opt-outs on defense. And let's just hope that the Pats can figure it out and get squeaked by the Dolphins. I mean, they're at home. It's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, most likely, um, for their quarterback. And I think I think usually the Pats play the Dolphins well at home. And I know they don't have Brady now, but Belichick, McDaniels, the defense should still be pretty decent. I think they come away with this one with a week one win. Uh, they're favored to win, which I expected. Obviously, they're at home, and they're always good at home, especially... Just with this regime, although it's different, I miss Brady. I will say it. I, I still miss Brady. We know. I still miss Brady. I miss him a lot. I miss him dearly. He, he's not but on the Patriots. It's okay. He didn't come back. We got Cam Newton, <laughs> and I think I think week one is going to just be awesome overall, top to bottom, and I can't wait for the Pats game just because I don't know what's, what it's going to look like, and I'm excited to see what it uh, looks like. So I'm pumped. Real pumped, and I expect them to come out with the win. I can't wait for Red Zone. Red I, just, I just can't wait for red zone. But the mood, I'm not that excited about the Patriots. I don't think they're going to win. and they, I think they're, it's, it's going to be flat. It, we know. You're a 7-9 guy. Yeah, I, I don't have faith in them to win this game. It, if if they come out and actually do some stuff on offense, they might blow them out. But if it's a close game, Fitzmagic's going to win the game for them. It's not going to be Cam. On the road? Oh, yeah. I mean, he did it last year. Not, and he's got more weapons this year. And they got a better defense, so better defense, better coach. I don't have, I don't have the usual faith I have in them right away. I think the Patriots are going to win on Sunday. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but they're going to win on Sunday. That that I have good good confidence in. Uh, no training, no preseason. You know, I just think that in this type of scenario, it favors the team with the best coaching. It, at the beginning of the season, the Patriots will have the best coaching, so I just like them. I mean, Fitzpatrick is okay. The Dolphins, I know they beat the Patriots last year, but in week one, no one's had seen another team yet. I, I just like the Patriots this week. I also like the Patriots this week, but I think it's going to come down to the wire. But I think, <clears throat> unlike Zach, I think they will find a way to pull it out in the end. I think it's a field goal game we're looking at here. And do I trust our kicker to make a field goal in the buzzer? I don't know. But hopefully... <laughs> well, we, you can do what you do if you think they're going to pull it out. <laughs> I think that he can hit a field goal in the fourth quarter. I don't know at the buzzer. But um, both teams are working in new quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, Fitzpatrick will be starting. But I'll be interested to see if Tua gets any sort of packages to work his way in or if he's just mm. going to be riding the bench um and cam i'm very interested to see what the offense looks like with cam um 
do they keep it similar to what it was last year and just incorporate some more mobile spread plays that quarterback run design runs for Cam, or do they just try and keep him healthy, keep him on his upright on his feet, uh, and sort of just keep a similar style offense to last year and not really change a whole lot and hope that Cam can learn the playbook without having uh, been able to practice it and play it in the preseason. So uh, I'm going to roll my – I'm going to roll a dice and say that the Patriots will pull it out, and that'll, I think it will be a field goal game. I think if they try to keep the offense the same kind of and make Cam – try to make Cam Brady 2.0 whatever, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. No, no. And Cam was dynamic because of his legs. And yeah, you don't have to run him as much as as much as he did before, but he needs to run still. Yeah, and he's great on like quarterback design run plays too. I mean, he he's shown that throughout his career. If he's healthy, he's going to be effective doing it. I just hopefully he can hold up. Hopefully he's healthy, and you know, like you said, Ryan, no preseason. You don't get like split squad scrimmages like they've done the you know overall like the past like five years they. You know, Belichick has always spoken very highly of, like, split squad scrimmaging and, you know, no preseason games at all. Like, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, we'll play, like, one, maybe two. But to none at all. And all of a sudden, you know, Cam Newton, it's your team. You're the guy now after Brady. It's it, – it could be daunting, but it's like, you know, he's that guy that has that pedigree, number one overall pick, MVP. He's made a uh, He's made a Super Bowl – that year with the Panthers was unbelievable. I mean, he was unbelievable that year. Granted, five years ago, a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, shoulder issues, what have you. RG3 was great for a year, too. That's true, too. But Cam, I just think Cam overall, if he's healthy, if he's right, and he's coached up well, obviously, by Belichick and McDaniels, hopefully they have enough around him that he's able to do something. Because it's not like he had nobody with the Panthers, but he didn't have an all-world team either. So I think if he just has, like, enough to work with, if Edelman can give you a little something, James White out of the backfield, I don't know what they're, you know, the running game, if it's going to be, you know, strong uh, with Harris or if Michelle's going to get split reps at all, we'll see. But I just think if he gets enough, if he has enough around him, he's going to be able to be effective. And I think he'll be effective enough on Sunday against Miami. So that's why I have him winning. It's just... I don't know how, if he's not up to speed, you know, how much do they have to dumb things down and simplify so that he can be who he is, or at least as close to it. Well, there's going to be no Harris the first Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. we can rule him out of yeah, the equation right. for the backfield. So it's looking like James White, Sony Michelle, maybe some Rex Burkhead, if he's still up kicking. I haven't heard much about him. Yeah. Like, so I, I honestly could see him being uh, not even dressing. Uh, for the game, unless they they plan on using him for special teams and just, but uh, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. I wonder if the plan though is when Harris does get healthy, to have him be not maybe not the bell cow, but just like really sort of half and half with Michelle or more so in there. Because I know r- reports out of camp was that he was the number one, like clear cut. So we all know how much Belichick loves Michelle, though. That's true too. He he even spoke. He even said he played well last year. Like I remember, like the end of last year or in the middle of last year or something. He, you know, Michelle was not playing well. The the line wasn't playing well. But Belichick didn't pin it on Sony. So I don't. He does. He does love himself some some Sony. The line's definitely gonna be better this year. David Andrews uh, is really gonna improve that offensive line. 
I heard he, I've heard he looks really good in camp. By far the best offensive lineman, him and Tooney. Um, they're going to be a run-heavy team, so they got to play with the lead. They got to score first. They're not built to play from behind. You know, they're not the Patriots of old that's going to throw the ball a ton. They they need to have the lead and keep the lead. So is is like I know Folk and uh, Roar Wasser, the weird name, whatever. Um, I know they're both on the practice squad, but like he seemed terrible in camp. Uh, Roar Wasser, like. Like, what is the incentive to keep him on board? I mean, I feel like there's guys out there, like the Colts, their kicker is an undrafted guy, Blankenship. Uh, I just don't understand. Like, is he is it a health thing, or is the guy just, like, not an NFL kicker? You know, why, you know, you don't bring Nick Foles, Nick freaking Foles back if the kid has. Nick Foles? He did it again! I did it again, Nick Folk! <laughs> no! Oh my god, I. Uh, Two Folk. years in a row! Nick Folk. Nick Folk. And I know I said, oh, oh. Nick Folk. You don't bring Nick Folk back. <laughs> you don't bring Nick Folk back if your drafted kicker is competent. You don't. Yeah, well, they clearly have concerns with both of them. So it's it's. Just like they'll probably play the hot hand in the backfield with the running backs, they will probably roll with whoever gets has the hot leg. That's as simple yeah. as that. If, if one of them starts stinking it up the joint, then they're going to roll with the other one. Kicker by committee. Fendi. Love it. Just Love don't take Bailey in there. Just let yeah, just let Bailey just yeah. carry the whole load. Why not? Why not? It's one extra roster spot. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. It's got one of the 75 running backs we have. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like with Nikhil, trash. It's just it's just tough. But such a hater. Apparently, Cam likes him, and I they have like a, a good relationship. So that's a that's a plus, I guess. But that guy couldn't stay healthy since the second they drafted him. It's and only been a year. But I don't Everybody know. Relax. Been a year. I I'm no. so optimistic. I just hope he can stay healthy and like get a good like eight to ten week stretch, and we can really get a good sample of like. All right, like, is this guy? Is he just gonna? Is he gonna figure it out? Is he able to, to run decent routes, or is it more simplified? But with Cam, again, I just think the upside is there. Zach, maybe, maybe they go seven and nine. Maybe they lose to the damn Dolphins on week one. But I don't know. I just think the the fit isn't perfect. It's not a match made in heaven. But you give Bill and uh, Josh McDaniels enough talent to work with with Cam, and hopefully there's enough there. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but. Apparently, the Pats called Akeem Tlaib one more time and uh, asked him if he was interested. He was, I forget what show he was on, but he was like, you know, announced, you know, talking about his retirement, and he said, yeah, I, had, I got one more offer, and it was from the Patriots, and apparently they wanted him to play, play like, uh, the, the Chung role and uh, cover tight ends, so I think that's interesting that they reached out to him, because obviously, they could use anybody that knows their system and can help out like that, but... Yeah, we'll see Monday. I mean, Miami's like a good, a good like landing spot if you're, you know, transitioning from what they were. I feel like you know you're not going up against like, well, yeah, Seahawks or if, something crazy. If, if if you lose this one, you know where the bar is set for the rest of the season. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to make a ton out of one yeah. game, but you lose. No, that but if you game. lose this one, you're going towards that seven and oh. nine. Yeah, you're you're setting the bar for all right. This is going to be a, a mediocre at best season. Yeah, and and you've got a ton of work to do to change that trajectory. Yeah, 
And I mean, since Dan, you have them going 12 and 4. They need well, to win this game by like 30. That's partially a meme. It's really like, really like 10 and 6 is like what I expect. I think the upside is 12 and 4. But, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Week hey, one. No, no. Bur- burrito board bet. If they go 12 and 4, you win. If they go if 12 and 4 or better, 7 and 9 or worse, I win. Anywhere in the middle yeah, is, okay. a, is a wash. Is a wash? Fair. Burrito bet? Right. On the board? On All the right. board. Jesus. I can't get through shows. I can't even get through 15 minutes of a damn show without losing money, potentially. Uh, why, no, why is that? Why do you think there's that There's no potentially. Why do you think it is that people make board bets with you every week? I love giving away food to my friends, man. It's just a <laughs> pastime. He buys us pizza all the time. buy pizza. You want burritos, bro? I'll, I got burritos. I'll bring them to Wiffle Ball. Whatever. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, so... I, real quick, though, I want to circle back to what <laughs> yeah, you were saying yeah, with yeah. Cam and his trust or confidence in Nikhil. Yeah. that That's great, but that only does so much. That just means he's trusted and that he's going to... He's willing to throw it in his direction. It's still up to Which Nikhil. Which is at least, like, more than you can say about Brady last year, for the most part. Sure, but you still gotta yeah. make the play. You gotta execute. You still gotta run the route, get separation, mm-hmm. make the catch, and make things happen. Yeah, exactly. Cam's yeah. got to throw it somewhere near him, too. That, too. We know that Cam's not the most accurate that, quarterback yeah. ever. So, Absolutely you know, not. maybe a little quick slant. You know, start with quick, uh, some quick slants and just get get your feet wet. You don't got to go for the deep ball right away. And oh, first play of the game, back shoulder deep fade. They're, well, he is no, a no, no, back First play, guy. bubble screen. On, <laughs> yeah. on paper, they are, they are not a good match for each other because Nikhil Harry last season... Uh, was last in the NFL in creating his own separation, and then you got a passer in Cam Newton that's not very accurate. It's just, it's just not. On paper, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work, and the kill stinks. So, I'm. It, you have to at least be in a wait and see approach with Nikhil. He was hurt. I'm not. Everything I'm not coming give him out a of pass. Nothing I'm, was positive about him coming okay, out of camp. Okay, look, I'm not gonna give him up total pass for last year, but let's see if it happens again. Alright. Alright. I mean, hopefully. I mean... If it happens you again... Don't, you, don't, you don't mean that at all. No, you, no. Hopefully he's awful. To, yes, Hopefully exactly. he's awful. You want him to suck. <laughs> I hope he's like Sony Michael. And so, after year two, everyone just knows he sucks and everyone hates him. But then he's still up be on the team because Sony Michael is still yeah. on the well, team he'll still, and getting reps. He'll still be on the team next year. I would, I would, I would be... He would have to be like as bad as I think he is in the eyes of Belichick. I mean, if Laquan Treadwell can like keep getting roster spots. Yeah, if you're first round pick in the NFL, you're you have three or four years of Chances. basically, yeah. So I don't think he's going to cut next year, but I just don't. I just think he's he's just so bad. I mean, I'm sure he's going <laughs> to go and go off, and everyone's going to shove it down my throat, which I guess is good because I like the Patriots, but. And I hope the Patriots do good at his expense. So, Jesus. So, are we going to... That is diabolical. <laughs> Yikes. So, if, if the Dolphins throw it 50 times or they, like, run it 30 times, which one would you rather see them do if you want the Patriots to win? Them throw it. 50 times? Because the Patriots have the best secondary in the league, and they're not that good up front. Especially, Especially with what happened last year. linebackers are... With Devontae course. Parker roasting Gilmore deeper. I'm, I'm not... That word. Devontae Parker's uh, hurt. He's got a hamstring injury. Preston, Preston Williams, Williams is back. Preston Williams also is dealing with 
He's still he's, coming off. He's that recovering. Knee. Yeah, they're still. Those two are banged up though, and so is Gasecki. He's got a bum strain, and um, he's got a bum strain. Yeah, he's got glute strain. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and uh, your boy Gasecki? Yeah. He's, oh no, he, he's, he's likely he's likely to play on Sunday, but all three of them are listed as questionable. They're all a little banged up. I just give me them throwing the ball because I just don't. The Patriots. Yes, I understand what the Dolphins did, but also in the playoffs, Tennessee destroyed them just running it right down the gut like every play. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather them throwing it because it probably means they're behind. True. If they're running the ball 40 times, they're probably ahead and just killing the clock. <laughs> Do you want to answer your own question, or was you just floating out there? No, I was just curious to what you guys thought. <laughs> so, what about the... was a fair question. <coughs> Classic floater. It was fine. So, Zach, you got the Pats losing. I got them winning. Jonathan, you got them winning. Ryan, you got them winning. Yeah. Squeaking it out. Yep. Close one, like a field goal type game. I got gotcha. you. That is on par. I got, I got them covering. I, mean, I don't have them covering, obviously. Was it spread? six and a half, right? Oh, no way. I think they went by I have them covering. a touchdown or ten points. Yeah. They went by one point. I see like a 27-17, somewhere in like that range. Jeez. 24-14, something I would like say like it would be like a 17-16. Yeah, that's probably a gross game. Well, it's, it. it's going to be a gross game. I don't expect it to be good. So the week one slate looks pretty uh, pretty interesting overall. Like There's a fair amount of divisional uh, games, and then there's a few decent games in the afternoon. My favorite, personally, Bucks at the Saints, 425 kickoff. going to be a rough. Why, why, why is that? Oh, because you get Brady and you get Breeze, dude. But I thought Tom Brady was coming back to New England. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I want to trigger Dan. I want to trigger Dan. I'm going to jump over this table, over this bar. I'm going to whoop your candy ass. That's what I'm going to do. You are triggered. You jabroni. Know your role. Bitch. Nice. <laughs> Whoa. Anyways. Whoa. Yeah, that exclamation point at the end there. That's over the top. Period. Uh, but yeah, Bucks and Saints, that's going to be awesome. I just I love seeing Brady going up against another really awesome, good all-time quarterback. Like anytime it was Brady and Payton, Brady Rogers, love that. Always, always a big proponent of that, and we get to see it twice this year in the regular season. So that that's gonna be great. I think Kyler's gonna be really good this year. So Cardinals at the Niners is another one I'm really looking forward to, for sure. I don't know about you guys. Like you got another uh, just not not a Pats game that you're just really kind of gearing for. Cause Dallas and yeah, Dallas the and, Rams. And the Rams. Because the Cowboys Sunday need to, football. sort of like we were saying with setting the tone for the Patriots, the Cowboys need to come out strong after yeah. their 8-8 just disappointment, to say the least, last year, where they couldn't even beat out the crippled Eagles team for the, the NFC East. They need to come in and they need to they need to have a strong showing against the Rams. And the Rams... For themselves, they're also coming off a down year. They need to show that they're bouncing back because they're playing in probably the hardest division in football. And they just locked up Jalen Ramsey, too. So a lot of people that got to prove it on that team. Yeah, I I got two games there, Dan. The first one is Seahawks at Falcons. I think you're going to see a lot of that game on the red zone. It's going to get rolled. I think it's going to be a slugfest in that one. Uh, the Seahawks got Jamal Adams now, but their their defenses don't have it. Everyone knows Atlanta's defense is trash. That's that's gonna be a slugfest. Always good for fantasy. And then the second one is uh, 
Chargers and Bengals. Going to be interesting to see Yuck. if uh, Joe. Yeah, I want to see if Joe Burrow's the real deal or not. No, you want to see. And Ty I want to see Taylor. Joe Mixon go off. Oh. Joe Mixon trash. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Lair. He's the second best running back in that game. Austin Eckler. Baby. No, that is so cap. Oh. No, Austin Eckler's getting hurt, and then it's Justin Jackson. Cap. <laughs> oh, but I'm looking forward to uh, Pittsburgh. You get Big Ben coming back. I like. Big Ben, a little bit chubbier quarterback, you know, big guy. Where are they playing? They like the big guys. They're, playing, they're playing the, the Giants. They're going yeah. to smoke them. Monday night. Um, yeah, it's the first Monday night game, but Big Ben, little juju action. See some dancing. Absolutely. Yeah, like last year, a lot of juju. Well, it's because he, he didn't have a quarterback. Nah, Deontay Johnson, number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh. He's not. He's just not. <laughs> nah, he is. He's not. <laughs> big Ben's definitely going to have a lot, a chip on his shoulder coming yeah. off week one. After last year, his arm giving out on it for sure, and everybody's just dismissing him as like a really good quarterback now. And he mm-hmm. was he was like num- he was like top three in fantasy like the year before that. So and Danny Dimes too, don't sleep on him. Yeah, he's gonna be looking for a breakout year. I mean, he 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 had flashes of brilliance last year, just no consistency. He did. Yeah, one more that I want to throw in there is Packers at Vikings, just to see. How Rodgers looks coming out to start the year, and then the Vikings now without Diggs, and they've lost a bit on uh, in their secondary as well, cornerback-wise. And I just want to see, I don't know, like I have the Vikings winning that division in our, uh, in our picks, and I'm kind of always openly rooting against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, just constantly. So I'm going to kind of uh, hate watch the Packers uh, hopefully lose to the Vikings. So, so that's essentially what we're saying is that we're excited for like every single game on the slate, except for Philly and the football team. And uh, the Bears and the Lions and the, the Bears. Colts Jazz. The Bears-Lions should just... That's yeah, it. no thanks. I better not see that on Red Zone. Raiders-Panthers, yuck. I might not see it on Red Zone. Might just be field goals. Might be 0-0. Zero, zero. Jets-Bills, oh, We root for the 0-0. Zero, zero. Oh. But, I'm rooting uh, for Scorigami yeah. in those type of games. Scorigami, <laughs> baby. Do we wanna do we wanna load into our motor locks of the week? Back. My... It, I felt like there was an emphasis on locks there. Oh, they're back. They're back. There's a strong emphasis overall on this segment. I feel like the S had a strong. Yeah. Oh, you got more than one, Dan? Huh? You got more than one? I have one. I might have another, but <laughs> we'll see. I, I guess I it's not mortal if you're on the fence about it. Well, I'll figure out if I'm if I'm off that fence or not. But I think the first week, the first week, I just want to get one in there for sure that I feel really, really. Yeah, you gotta break about. the ice, you know. Yeah. So my mortal lock of the week could not be could not be more of a sure bet. It's the can't lose mortal lock of the week, and it's Seattle minus one Yuck. and a half versus Atlanta. They're gonna lose. They're gonna route lose. Atlanta. Atlanta is gonna get walloped uh, in that game. Are you trying to make the playoffs? <laughs> So much, like literal, unlimited amounts of cap with that. Better chance to miss the playoffs than win the division. Okay, well, lock it in, folks. Lock it in. Seattle, lock it in. Zero and one for Dan. Okay. Um, Dallas minus two and a half, easiest bet of the week. The Rams stink. Dallas is going to come out and absolutely destroy them. All right, Zach's also zero and one. So this is actually (laughs) the mortal lock you want to bet on. It's Carolina plus two and a half. That's the one. That is the one. What an you idiot. You don't bet go. against the Raiders. Oh, <laughs> you do. oh, my God. The same Raiders that lost 33 to nothing to the Jets. And 
Left Coast team coming east. Fendi! Oh, no God. shot. Carolina plus two and a half. Easy money. Okay. One and oh. I, I see a one and two board right here, Ryan. I agree that your yours is probably a winner. Thank you. Mine oh. is an absolute bet the house complete oh. winner. You've, you've said that before, <laughs> and it didn't end well a Look, lot. I was very bad at mortal walks yeah, in you our lost a lot of houses. last year. Okay? This is why I have to bet everything this year to chase my losses from last year. And this is a lock. My God, is this a lock. It is the, it is my, it is our <laughs> Chicago Bears plus three and a oh. half at the Detroit Lions. Mitchell Trubisky is so back. This Bears team is going to pounce. They are going to destroy the Lions. Give me the Bears plus three and a half. Bet the freaking house. You deserve two losses for that. I kind of love it. Bears. Bears are back. <laughs> back. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I think, you know. Comeback no. story. He's, he's going to make you it can't, work. You're going to make it work. He's going to make it work. Tariq Cohen, God. David oh. Montgomery, God. Allen Robinson, God. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Graham's going to be back to his New Orleans days. He's going to be a God. I, okay. We know you love Jimmy Graham, Dan. Oh, yeah. Huge Jimmy Graham stand <laughs> when he was with the Packers. <laughs> Helped with a lot of my takes, for sure. Ugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, that's one. Plus you, one. And one. just, like, it's going to be one and three on the Mortal Locks, <laughs> and the win is over here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yours is so, so far from the Mortal Locks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So bad. It has zero chance of hitting. I can't believe the lines are not, like, eight and a half. <laughs> Bears, baby, plus three and a half. Hey, they, they're going to win the game, but if they lose by a field goal, still a winner. It's all we care about. Yeah, facts. So, <clears throat> with that being said, does anyone have any others they want to throw in there? Or, Absolutely uh, not. Okay, yeah, me neither. Uh, we can move on <laughs> to our fantasy segment, Love and Hate. Uh, so, for me, my fantasy love this week kind of uh, got a little bit of a theme here, boys. It's uh, DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. I re- really like him uh, this week against... Uh, that Atlanta defense that was pretty average last year overall. They were really bad in the first half, but they got better along the way. And I think that, you know, Seattle's going to come out kind of hot. I think they're going to win by at least one touchdown in that game. So expect uh, DK, I don't know, I'd say he's good for at least like a 12 to 15 piece for sure. Uh, last year, he had a really good like rookie year. I know he wasn't the only rookie wide receiver to have like a good year overall, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, whoever else. And I don't know, I, I just think he's one of those guys. He's a freak athlete, and he's going to put up a lot of numbers this year, I think, and hopefully eclipsing a 1,000. So put him in Sunday. Uh, before we continue, I just want to establish for our listeners that w- when we gave our fantasy love hates, we were talking PPR. PPR. For sure. If you're not playing PPR, you're just, what are you yeah. doing with life? Brandon? Exactly. Uh, my fantasy love this week is Tyler Higbee, tight end for the L.A. Rams. Uh, Last year, when he played against the Cowboys towards the end of the year, he had 12 catches for 111 yards. Uh, I think that could be a a repeat performance, maybe not quite to that level, but I could see him going for 7 for 70 easily against the Cowboys. Maybe throw in a touchdown if he's lucky to. Tyler Higbee, like the play. It's <laughs> my guy right there. All right, uh, my love is actually coming from tonight's game, 
Thursday night game. I love me the Will Fuller matchup tonight against Kansas City. Brandon Cooks is banged up. He might not even play. Even if he does, he's still banged up. I think Will Fuller is going to emerge as their number one wide receiver. There's going to be a lot of targets to go around now that uh, New Hopkins is gone. And you know Kansas City's going to score. So Deshaun Watson is going to be throwing the ball. And if Brandon Cooks is banged up, that means a lot of targets going to Will Fuller. So I love me some Will Fuller tonight. This is this is the healthiest he'll ever be yes. the entire yes, season. This, this is the only week that you can basically <laughs> fantasy love him. Pretty much. So we love, I almost did it sense. just for that reason. Oh, reach respect. So I don't hate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So the guy that's going to have the most points of any running back this week is going to be Josh Jacobs. <laughs> because Carolina's defense is just so bad. The Raiders are going to run all over them. It's going to be a blowout, and he's just going to rack up yards all day long. Easiest fantasy love ever. <laughs> and he might be a th- at least a 30-burger. Wow. 30-burger. That's talking high praise right there. Man. Especially for a guy that doesn't catch a lot of balls, too. Doesn't need to. Might be like 160 yards, like three touchdowns. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's okay. a lot of love for Worst, <laughs> worst run defense in the league, Carolina. I think they're going to stop Josh Jacobs. Easiest two-and-a-half line I've ever seen. All right. All right. Uh, if anyone has any others, uh, I, I don't. I have a fantasy hate, though. Um, How can you hate somebody already? Well, no, like for this week. I like, hate I don't hate, but it's like. You hate NQ. You know. like, I got to give one that, like, you know. You hate Jalen Brown. Okay. Oh, Jalen Brown's trash. That's why I hate him. All right. Uh, so my fantasy hate um, going with Cleveland Browns defense. Not that I'm not a Browns stand. I love the Browns, but you know they're away at the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, week one, he's gonna be a spring chicken. I just don't love that matchup. Cleveland Browns could be in the negative, so just stay away from them. Not that you'd have them, but. Stay away from Cleveland defense. Yes. Yeah. To say, to say you have a love-hate relationship with the Browns might be an understatement. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm back on the Browns. Just like week one, no, no, you do not. Well, I, I agree with you because my fantasy hate is Kareem Hunt. I don't, I don't think like. All right, let, let's let's <laughs> pump the brakes. Oh, now. okay. Well, hear me out. Last year when he played him, two rushes for eight yards and only four catches for thirty-three. That I mean, that's but, okay, but, but it, it's just. The Ravens' D is that good. It's true. And I think week one, it's either going to be offenses run wild or defenses are able to befuddle offenses. And I think in this one, defenses are going to hold out. And Fair. so I kind of – I don't think Kareem Hunt's going to have that great of a day. He's not going to get the, the majority of the carries. We know that those are going to go to Nick Chubb. So he's going to have to make plays as a slot receiver, plays out of the backfield – and I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that right off the bat. All right. Uh, my hate this week is uh, Adam Thielen, uh, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. This, this matchup, Vikings-Green Bay, I think is going to be a pretty low scoring. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, people think a lot of offense, but that wasn't the case last year. The Vikings got a really good defense. Everyone knows the Vikings are also run-heavy, maybe the run-heaviest team in the entire league. Uh, Packers got Jair Alexander going to lock Thielen down. There's not much else going on in that offense when it comes to pass catchers. 
and Thielen just went just got north of the age of 30. He got hurt a little bit last year. People playing him as a wide receiver one or wide receiver two in their lineups. At best, I think he's a flex play this week. I just I just don't like the matchup for Adam Thielen. Um, I really don't like DeAndre Swift this week. I. Uh, He's already the third string running back now that they signed AP in Detroit. He may be lucky to get eight, eight carries, maybe. And it's going to be a low-scoring game to begin with. I don't think he va- brings much value at all. If you're thinking about starting playing him as a running back in a deep, deep, deep league, maybe like 16 teams, maybe then they'd think about it. But in this, say, a 12-team league, if you're starting DeAndre Swift as your running back too, it's going to be a long week. I agree with that. I also agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, well-formed take. Well-informed. But, yeah, that's all I I had for the hate. Not too much. I mean, we'll see. We'll have plenty more after. I'll hate somebody for you next week. Don't you worry. (laughs) Someone someone from your own team, probably. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you worry. Oh, my God. (sighs) All right. Well, what else do we got? Do we got any final week one thoughts before we move on? Uh, go pass. Yeah, go pass. Oh, I got. Uh, I will have a question I want to pose out. So the limited off season, no preseason, you know, limited face to face. Just, do you think that favors offense or defense? Uh, I. It's a good question. Uh, if you're in, if you keep the same systems in place and you've got retain most of the same players on offense, I think it favors offense because defenses can will change their scheme up more than an offensive will. Um, if the offense is breaking in a new playbook, though, that could see take some time to work out the kinks, especially if you, there's a new quarterback at the helm or a rookie quarterback. That's one and the same, but. So I, I'm more inclined to believe offenses will run wild in week one, more so than defenses. I think you're going to get a more 41-38s than you are 16-13s this week. Okay. One, uh, oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, 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 you. I was going to say, I, I pretty much completely agree with Ryan. Um, that's why I'm not confident in the Patriots, because they got the new quarterback. He didn't have that much time to get acclimated with people. Other people like... Even the Vikings, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, like they've been throwing together for a long time. He knows where he's gonna be at when he throws the ball. So, and defenses might just be a step slower than they normally are. So my final thought: Does the NFL make it through their season? No bubble, with just their protocols in place. Do you guys think they will get through the season? Yes, because. The NFL, you saw it with the draft, you saw it with free agency. They're pushing through. They saw with Major League Baseball, if you push through and the guys get in line, you can do it. I think the NFL in particular is is going to go. I mean, they're, you're going to have to see a massive outbreak on multiple teams uh, for this to, for this to you know, uh, get shut down, I think. I agree. I'm going to be very interested to see how the league handles a potential outbreak. If, like, 20 guys on one team all get it and you start having to bring an entire half of a practice squad up 
to fill out roster spots and you're playing second and third, a bunch of second and third stringers as potential starters or at least serious roles for a week or two, <laughs> I don't know. The t- that team is probably going to want to push the- those games back and they're going to try and hold out. And I'm, I'm very interested to see how that would play out. Yeah. I think unless a star in the league like ends up in the hospital with it, I don't think that there's any way that they're going to stop. Like, yeah, they, no way. The only thing that's going to stop them is bad publicity from it, if some star dies of COVID. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only way it's going to shut down. Yep. I agree. Agreed, yeah. It would, it would have sure. to be absurd. It would have to be, or like Jonathan said, multi-team outbreak, and you're forced to just reschedule multiple games, and the, the, the rescheduling just because of the NFL scheduling week-by-week week basis just makes it extremely tough. Then you're pushing back playoffs, potentially, in the Super Bowl, and then they don't want to do that. So it, it would take a whole lot to, to have the season canceled or even uh, paused, in my opinion. Yeah. They should have put it in that if, if your team has an outbreak and you can't play, it's just a forfeit. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. 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 I mean, hold hold I your team accountable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do the right things. Yep. All right. So, moving on, um, we had an interesting game six last night between the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. The Celtics lost in double overtime, one twenty-five to one twenty-two. They led. It kind of was. I mean, a little bit. Um, they led late in the fourth. They led in overtime. They also led in double overtime. And ultimately, they fall by three to the Raptors. Game seven, Friday night at 9 p.m. Oh boy, there's a lot to unpack here. This series should be over. That is the one thing I want to start by saying this. There should be no game seven. This series should be over. They should not have allowed Toronto to get a three-pointer off with 0.5 seconds left in game... Uh, Wasn't that Jalen Brown's fault, too? That was Jalen Brown's oh, fault. Oh, man, two games that, in a row. That Shit. was Jalen Brown's fault. This guy sucks. Um, they should have been up 3-0. And it should have been, at worst, a gentleman's sweep. But here we are, in game seven, and, man, man, that's tough officiating. I know, like, there was some stuff that you, you just scratch your head at. Like, how do you call that? How do you overturn that? Whatever. The bottom line is, they weren't good enough last night. They didn't have enough from their main guys overall. Jalen Brown had a volume score uh, in that game. I think he was 11 of 30 uh, with, like, 30 points. Kemba had, like, five, six five maybe. Five points in 52 minutes. Was he two of 11 from the field? He played the the most minutes. The guy with a chronic knee injury – Played the most minutes out of anybody else on the team. How how does that make any sense? And I'm pretty sure Brad explained away Kemba's lack of drive or, or whatever effectiveness. He credited Nick Nurse's uh, zone, zone b- box thing. Yeah, that he does. He's all oh, yeah. Box and one for the it basketball the, guys. In yeah, it, it was the box and one. It was the box and one. Whatever. And. Kemba sucked. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a huge Kemba guy, and he sucked last night. So it hurts. It, it hurts. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, let me tell you, I am so nervous for tomorrow's Should next be. game. I am terrified. I'm Celtics, shaking. 
The Celtics should win tomorrow night. They're the, they're the better team. Everyone knows they're the better team. Even the Raptors know the Celtics are better than them. But, man, if, if they lose tomorrow night, there's some sports images in clips that, like, I can't watch. And all three of them are from the Patriots. And they're the Manningham catch, the Tyree catch. And then the Philly special touchdown. Like, if those come on, like, I literally will put, like, a pillow over my face. If they lose tomorrow, the OG Nunavoy game 3-3 three, three will be the fourth thing on that list that I will never be able to watch again. Really? Yep. And I know you're saying, well, the other three in the Super Bowl, so that's why they're such a big deal. But this series should be over. Chem- and the Celtics should beat the Heat. The Celtics... The path you can to the finals, the finals is there. You, can you just have to it. get to the next series. I know the Miami Heat have played well, but the last game and a half, the Miami Heat have taken their foot off the pedal. The, uh, the door is there. They just have to get there. They have to put themselves in the opportunity. And they know they've been playing it. Like you said, they've been out playing the Toronto Raptors. Two out of the three wins they had, they blew them out, the joint. Blew them out. And one of them... They had to they had to come from behind win where Marcus Smart went bananas with his five threes in a row, uh, but in the in the losses you've got the fluke three pointer where they tried to play a zone for whatever stupid reason that was. Then you had last night's double overtime thriller where they admittedly had chances in overtime to win them didn't do it, and it just feels like this series should have been five one and it's three three and. Like you, like you guys have said, terrified because Toronto they may not have Kawhi, but they're still the defending champs. They most of that team played in the finals last year. They have championship experience. Game seven is not going to phase them. They know that they're not supposed to be in this pot, but they are. And the Celtics, I, I'm nervous to see how they come out of the gate because if if they come out shooting bricks. Oh God! That's 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 that might be a confidence breakdown. Tomorrow is one hundred percent the biggest game for the these Celtics that everyone's playing tomorrow. The biggest game they've ever played in the NBA. The biggest game. No, Game Seven against the Cavs. No, no. against LeBron. I'm sorry. That's a a shot in the finals because they were getting they were getting swept by the Warriors just like the Cavs did. No, you know they weren't going to win. You know they weren't going to win that finals. They were getting swept. Just like, but that's still the finals. But I'm telling that's you, still the finals. I'm telling you, tomorrow's game is bigger. You think you're winning the finals this year? I think you have a shot. You didn't have a shot in 2018. You definitely have a shot this year. I mean, you I'm telling you, tomorrow is the biggest game of their careers. I mean, definitely of Kemba's career. Can definitely. Oh, that's absolutely. I mean that that man, and he needs to step up. Like he absolutely. You know, I I heard Brad. I think it was on. Uh, it was the radio pregame, I think. or No, he, he was being interviewed on 98.5, and he said Kemba has to impose his will. Kyle Lowry has done a great job of that. Kyle Lowry had balls in that game, in, in, in game six. Uh, Ananobi had balls. Norman Powell had, had balls. Uh, Tatum getting stripped uh, top of the key. What was that? Late in double OT, I believe. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, like I love Tatum. You, you know, you wouldn't be who you are without him. You know, I just late in the game last night, he was not smart with the ball. He almost passed it to Nick Nurse in the corner when he was trying to pass it to Tice. But was Nick Nurse on the court? He was. He, I didn't watch the game. I had to listen to it he, on the radio. His foot was on the line, was on the black line. He was absolutely out of place, but Tatum didn't blame him. Um, 
I well, mean, yeah, you have to take ownership of yeah, that because yeah. you still threw it out of bounds. And I, I forget, um, Scal. Scal said on the post game, you know, as a player, he's like, we've played our whole lives with people all over the place. You know, like it's not, it's not, you know, abnormal to have someone there. Like you know who's who. You know, whatever. So yeah, I don't think I don't think Tatum thought Nick Nurse was you know a Celtic whatever. Yeah, they, but it's just tough to see turnovers like that from him late in the game. The Celtics were really bad down the stretch. They should have you know three guys on the team and Tatum and Kemba especially that should be closers, and then Jalen Brown to a lesser extent. But man, that the court I don't know what it is, but they slip all over the place on that court. They, I've been saying this for a couple days now. They they need to start cranking the ACs because it's not just the Celtics. It's everyone is slipping and sliding. Someone is going to get really hurt it's that floor because of that floor. Yeah, they got to well, start cranking the ACs. Yeah, and also like they're you know they've been allowing family members to watch the games there too. So you're getting more bodies. You're getting more body heat. You're going to have more of that condensation on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're not in a big venue. Yeah, that, that's that that can seep. 30,000 or 25,000 whatever but yeah it's that's scary to see you don't want to see anyone get a crazy potentially career ending injury on a makeshift court that's that would suck yeah so and I one one play really stuck out to me last night and Zach's gonna be happy to hear this because it was about Jalen Brown the Celtics it was the start of second overtime there's about three minutes left the Celtics were up four in double overtime. They got Toronto missed. Then Jalen Brown pushed it. 1v2 when I was literally screaming at the TV to slow it down, let the offense set up, take time off the clock. You could go up six, seven points with 230 left. That's You're up seven with 230? You probably got a 90, 95% chance mm. to win the game. You should be the coach. Yeah, well. Of course he's going to try to be a hero. And he tried to take them 2 on one and of course he turned it over, and then Toronto came right back down. They scored, then the Celtics brought up. The next possession missed a shot, Toronto came down, scored, and that was the that was the game. What do you think of Tatum not inbounding the Kemba uh, for the last shot and then going for Smart? In which period? To end the game. When Smart got the ball, missed the three to end the game. Oh, do do you think Tatum should have been battered? Because Kemba was like, "Hey, like I'm right here." Uh, I and he went for the long. I don't think the way where Kemba was with only five seconds left, it would have been a lot of ground. It would have been a lot of ground. I know. I I don't have a problem with what he did. And Smart had a good look. I mean, it was a two. I don't know why anyone's not saying that. They're like, Smart, a good look for three. His foot was on the line. Even if he hit it, they still would have lost by one. It was off balance. But, yeah, I mean, they just didn't. If they had had a timeout, you would have had a real chance in that game at the end. But I just, they didn't They didn't deserve. I mean, the refs, yes, the refs were bad. But the Celtics they did, let themselves, the refs the get Celtics did themselves no favors going down the stretch. The officials have legitimate prime real estate in the Celtics heads. And and I, it's not just the Celtics. No, no, no. I mean, I know, like, overall, like, everyone complains, and I like, I get that, but... Like, know, man, does Nick Nurse complain. Oh, Holy yeah, he's... Smokes. Every play, he's just like... Yeah. My mouth is, like, my jaw is dropped. He is insufferable. Yeah. He is, I... Every I play, he, he is barking, barking, woof, at the, at the rest. He's never seen a foul. That's not in his favor. Yeah. 
it's impossible. Like, Brad, you have to be a really bad official for Brad Stevens to get demonstrative yeah. about the calls you're making. And he's gotten to that point now a couple of times. And I'm not, I'm like, I agree, you can't blame the rest for the loss, but they absolutely did no favors. Yeah. They took control of that game far too much, especially down the stretch. It, it, it's it's inexcusable, and it happens way too often where the refs try and take the spotlight of the game when it should be on the players. I'm not saying you can't call fouls, but you have to you have you can't be calling fouls left and right. If even if they're the fouls, just let them play. Let them play. It's playoffs. It, this is the time to swallow the whistle from time to time. Not call every phantom foul that you see. You see it in the Miami uh, Milwaukee game. A, a, a foul with two seconds to go, and then a foul at the buzzer, and they were both iffy at best. Mm. It, it's just, oh, and the, the Rockets, they hate, they hate Scott Foster. Yeah. The Thunder, I mean, specifically CP3, yeah. hate Scott Foster. Betty. And then you get the, and then you're seeing the Tony Brothers special that, that Tony you love to allude to, Jonathan. It was a Tony Brothers special. These, 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 these officials <laughs> just need to just back off, take their foot off the pedal here, and just let the game play itself. Call the call the fouls that need to be called, but don't, please do not call the iffy fouls. Scott Foster's, please. Scott Foster's getting tomorrow's game. You, no, he's, he's, you know he he's getting tomorrow's game. He's, he's, he's already... official? Game 7 Scott Foster. That's oh. all. You, you have it confirmed that yes. you're getting it? You knew, you knew that was you coming. Kn- I already got a text from from one of my buddies. Yeah, oh I could have told God. you last night that they were assigning yep. Scott Foster that yep. game tomorrow. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it, we're, it's the fix is in. It's over. Yeah, Scott Foster, baby, let's go. <laughs> the only the only thing that would make it better is if Tony Brothers was working the game with him. They used oh. to work together. That's the thing. They I used know. To work together. But now, you, but if you put them in the same crew, too then obvious. you can only screw yeah. one series at a time. And it's too obvious. You got to cover somehow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. I to see how this series started and where it is now. It is so frustrating. It is so annoying because you know they're better. You know the Celtics are better. You know they have more talent. They have the better coach. And th- you know, they don't have to go to Toronto. It's all it's all in the bubble and you think the Celtics are are a good match for that kind of environment. And man, you should not have a game 7. Cuz I like them against the Heat too. Obviously, like Bucks would have been horrible matchup. Do not need that. But the Heat not going to be easy, I don't think, but the Heat are playing good, but they need obviously to get, of late it's been yeah. a little bit like I was saying the, the last game and a half against the Bucks they kind of took their fe- uh, foot off the pedal as soon as Giannis went out. But and the Celtics should be getting Hayward back too. Uh, we'll see if he actually stays. He's got the birth of his child. Yes. But I mean they that is a, it is a humongous, massive game tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely massive. I, I'm just it, the Celtics wins. I feel like they've absolutely earned them. They won twice handily, and they had to come from behind win. The Raptors' wins have been greasy. I'm not saying they weren't totally earned, but they've been greasy. Game 7, you know it's going to get greasy. It's going to come down to grit. Who, who wants it more? Who, who makes the big plays? And, and who, who's made for the moment? And I am terrified that... It might be Kyle Lowry over Kemba. I'm terrified. Like, I don't... Playing the 
there's no way he does this, no way he does that game, I don't like. Yeah. Like, you could say, yeah, there's no way Kyle Lowry, a not great three-point shooter, goes and shoots the way he does last mm-hmm. night. And, you know, there's no way Kemba only scores five points or six points if he plays 50 minutes. But then you also got to go back and say, well, if Siakam plays 50 minutes, there's no way he scores only 12 points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this and that. Yep. So, I mean, this, it is a, it is just such a, I am terrified. I am legitimately terrified. I'm, I might, I might be moist by the end of the game. Just dripping <laughs> buckets. Yeah. Sweat. Jordan just, Peele gif. Oh, the Jordan Peele gif in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm already so, I'm already nervous. Cause like if, if, cause if they do end up losing, when? On Friday night? No, no, it's when. Oh, it, oh, it's when. Oh, I'm sorry, Z. If they do, or when, when? they do. Yeah, no, if they if I, Dan, don't give in to Dan him. said when. when. Dan said when the Hot Celtics dog. lose. Oh my Not God. when they win. If they lose, okay, it is going to be very bad, and I don't know how they're going to respond to that kind of defeat, dude. Like, you literally have the NBA champions in the palm of your hands, 0.5 seconds left, and you just let that happen. Like, I don't understand how you let that Yell at happen. Jalen Brown. It's all his fault. It was his fault. And it, let him. And yeah, it's happened before in his career. Yeah, it happened trash. like three years ago to him. He's a dog shit player. <sighs> Yo, calm down, bro. Okay. Yeah, you, you if I'm going to hate on Ankyl yeah. Harry, you're going to hate on Ankyl Harry if you're going to hate on Jalen Brown. I have, I have actual tape on Jalen Brown to watch, and I'm like Ankyl Harry. I have legit tape that makes Jalen Brown look like a way above average basketball player. Uh, not really. <laughs> he's really good. No. Yeah. No, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. he's if, pretty he had, good. if he had to be the star, he's fucked. He doesn't have to be the star. Exactly, so he can do things. They make him look look okay. He's wide open all the time. He's hey, still he's sucks. still in the postseason. That's what matters. He's still Planning. playing basketball. Planning. For now. One more night. <laughs> yeah. I think Siakam's going to go off. I wish we could have talked Heat Celtics preview for this segment, but no, we just have to get go all ahead, talk, talk it up. No, no. It's got to happen. No. no. Nope. I don't need this negative energy on the Celtics. We can do heat anymore. we can do heat Celtics and we can also do heat Raptors. We can get a little of both. Nope. Don't need to do that. Definitely don't need to do that. We'll do whatever happens next week. But yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to throw in on that, but that was oh, gut wrenching. Gut wrenching. Um move on again. Uh Dustin Johnson uh wins the FedEx Cup. Uh, he won that on Monday. And he wins it over Xander Shoffley and Justin Thomas. He shot a 68-2 under. Uh, Zach, you probably caught more of that than I did. I don't know if you did or Jonathan. But I he won He won the FedEx Cup. I'm pretty sure he almost blew it, too, um, in yeah, the final he was, round. He was starting to choke it down the end a little bit, starting to blow some steam. But they just the FedEx Cup just, threw, just throws money at this thing to try to make people care about it. And it's it just doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really watch much of it. I don't it, know. It doesn't have. I think they they want to make it feel like a major. Yeah. But it it's never gonna feel like a major. But Dustin Johnson, I mean, he has he has to be the favorite in any tournament he's playing on from here on out until he, you know, I guess starts playing like he did uh, in the middle of the summer. I don't know what he did or what changed because he won at the beginning. He won the Travelers in Connecticut. Then he went on like a month stretch in, in 
the end of June and into July, where he was like the worst golfer on the tour. He withdrew from a tournament when he was in dead last place. Shot like an eight. Shot like yeah. back to back eighties. Yeah. And then he came back and that's shot thirty under right down the street at TBC Boston. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what this guy if he's you know back on his bullshit and stuff like that. But I mean, he he has to be the favorite going into any tournament he's playing in. People can people can always, uh, always ask who's when everybody's on their A game who's the best. I just it's Dustin Johnson. That's just the answer now. I mean, when Rory's at his best, he he's very very good, but he's not beating Dustin. I don't, I don't think even Bryson driving at 600 yards, his his wedge game at his best is not what Dustin's is. And DJ is just his putting has been unbelievable. In, yeah. During this stretch, his putting was such a, a question mark at the beginning of his yeah. career. We all remember what happened at Chambers Bay. Oh my God! What a choke job that was! Just give it away. But he he plays so fast, and then putting he takes forever. And him and the him and his brother-in-law or brother whatever does does the little aim point thing, and they get every single angle, <laughs> and then he just drains putts from everywhere. That the. I know he didn't win the tournament, but the week before that double breaker he had oh, was oh. one of the best putts I've ever seen. Like him and Rom, that yeah, that, that was more enjoyable than the tour championship. The double that breaker, cr- absurd. Yeah, we got the U.S. Open coming up. Yeah, weekend of uh, the seventeenth. Yeah, and then the Masters in November. Yeah, yeah. yeah CBS came out with the. Uh, Masters TV schedule. They got they're ending the rounds uh, early, so the Saturday round is ending at five or five thirty before uh, LSU and someone Auburn maybe, and then the Sunday round, much like last year's, where they had it end early because of weather. This year they're having it end around two thirty because of the uh, football. Football. The late afternoon football slate. What do you think Tiger's uh, chances are? I mean, I don't feel too great about I, it. I <laughs> He doesn't have a chance at the U.S. Open. He has a slim chance at Augusta because he knows that course so well, and he did win it last year. But the way Tiger's playing right now, he he should not be anywhere near any favorite. He'll beat towards the top of the favorites because of who he is in his profile. But he, no one should go in thinking Tiger's gonna win these days. I I disagree with you about the Masters. I don't know how he's not a top five favorite. Probably. I mean he he's the defending champion. He knows that course better than literally anybody. He's gonna be contending there until he's like sixty five. <laughs> I don't know. He's not playing that. He's not playing good right now. He wasn't playing that good before he won the Masters last year. He get. I just don't. I just don't. I don't have much confidence in him. I mean, that's he, that's still three months away. Yeah, he can get it together before. He's that. gonna go play. He's gonna play the U.S. Open, and then he's gonna take off like a month and a half, and then start firing up again. I, yeah, I don't have any confidence in the U.S. Open. I don't even know if he makes the cut. Damn. That that rough. That's tough. The stuff they've been showing that rough is ridiculous, yeah. and he doesn't drive the ball yeah. straight. We saw what happened at Harding Park when he started driving the ball in the rough, and then change putters and couldn't putt. Yeah, that was the thing at the PGA. His his putting was just not not good. It was good the two days that he shot under par, and then when he was doing bad, it was the putter. Yeah. That was it. 
but he could he could have been contending there if he putted like no, a normal person but he's like last on the tour in putting which is ridiculously bad and mm-hmm. never seen that from Tiger <clears throat> damn well there's one thing I wanted to include um, to these shows now as we do these uh, just like a little like wrap up like a quick few topic uh, segment nothing crazy just to like go through a few things that are kind of like on the peripherals um, in the sports world uh, we'll start with this this one a little bit bigger than peripheral but uh, the ACC proposing a 346 team NCAA college basketball tournament for this season wow so every D1 school pretty much not every but but it's pretty every. close right you got like, tell me about it so there there's seven teams that would be ineligible due to either transitioning from D2 to D1 or academically ineligible or your Oklahoma State and you're just banned from the postseason for fraud uh, recruiting violations or whatever it was um, but I, I'm all in for it as long and this is part of it as long as they eliminate the conference tournaments which they are uh, supposedly going to do in this scenario I'm all for it it incentivizes all the smaller mid-major schools to play to be able to say like imagine a school like I don't know UMass Lowell who's never ever probably going to make the NCAA tournament in a million years dream team now they get to say that they made the NCAA tournament at least one time. <laughs> and e- even if they make it a second time, it'll feel like the first time. But this, to be able to at least say that they played in a tournament and got... Hell, they might even win one if, if, if they get a, a decent matchup. No, they won't. But, I mean, that to be able to say that they played in an NCAA tournament and get that exposure where they're... Those smaller schools will get the chance to play a bigger school at a neutral site, presumably. Um, that that's an opportunity. That's you get to be a part of the TV money. If one of your uh, schools in your league goes on a run, that that brings in more money to your league, and that's huge because you get a portion of that. Yeah, uh, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm all in for it. The people that say that this diminishes the the value or the prestige of the tournament and that it's stupid. They're, they're just haters. They they don't like fun, and they think that and the people that say that it's a participation trophy, get out. Just the thought of those like first round games. I mean, they'd have to have them obviously at these these school gyms, um, but I mean you'd you'd have to have like what game starting every hour on the hour, all day. Well, for days. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, like you think about how how fun the Thursday and Friday yeah. are. The it would tournament be better than paradise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first then, round would take two weeks. <laughs> and then in the first round, you would get like number one seed Duke losing to number three hundred and sixty five <laughs> UMass Lowell, and I would just like, oh, oh my god. I don't know if I would hate that. I don't know if I would actually hate that. But you also spelled Virginia wrong. <laughs> nah. Nah. Well, it's uh, not going to be Duke, but it's also not going to be Virginia. Nah. Nah. But it's... The, just I, the idea I love of that. that. I love yeah. it. I, I, I've seen a lot of people are like against it. Nah. I love it. I love the mm-hmm. idea. I mean, that's extra TV money by expanding the tournament for one year. You recoup, not maybe not all, but a portion of last year's. And maybe you make up, maybe you do make up more with more games this year. I don't know. 
I don't know how the money works out, but it, it just seems like a no-brainer. And all I'm going to say is it, the the prize money for a perfect bracket should be billions. Yeah. <laughs> billions. <laughs> and hopefully, knock on wood, you know, knock on wood, that when you get to February or March of next year, I mean, if you have a vaccine out, I mean, you could put, you could have the fan, right. stand, fans in the stands, too, to get all that money oh, back. God. You know? I mean, All I know is that the scenario is a gambler's paradise, and I might never be the same. <laughs> well, all right, so we also have Novak Djokovic being being an absolute moron, an absolute idiot. First round of the U.S. Open, and this dude, this dude, he just decides to take out his frustration in a way that... You know, a lot of tennis players do in general. Like, I know when I, whenever I've played it, I've done it. But you just can't do it here. He smacks a ball out of frustration, like, to his side, off of the wall. That's what he's done a bunch throughout his career. He does that out of frustration. It's, like, one of his things. This time, he hits one of the line judges. Hits her, like, right like in the head, neck area. Right in the throat. Right in the throat, to be precise. She falls down. She's, you know... She's down, he comes over, and he's like, oh, you know, he's got that that whole look to his face, like, I can't believe I just actually hit a line judge. And he gets disqualified. Disqualified from the tournament. You, you're done. You're stupid. I cannot believe he did that. Like, when I saw that video, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And, uh, just, just don't be an idiot, Novak. Federer would never. Fendi. Nadal would never. <laughs> uh, he might. Nadal might. He's a kind of a hothead. But he... Uh, Alright, I got a couple. Novak's just a bitch. Yeah. He... For, when I first watched the video, it it didn't look like he hit the ball that hard. Alright, that's, that's, that's what was my thing. The, the woman sold the shit out of she this. She needs an it, Oscar. She needs an Oscar, Emmy, whatever it is for she, her cell job. She did the, the life alert stumble. Yes. But, hold on. But I fair. also, I hope she's okay, but like, she sold the crap out of that. <laughs> I'm not saying he like, fired it at her or anything, but he does that out of frustration. It's not like, you know, he was like, you know, he, he gave a, a decent arm swing to it, and he's a professional tennis player. I'm not saying, you know, she got any crazy injury or anything, but hits you in the throat. A tennis ball is not a wiffle ball. You know, it's not nothing. Uh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And she was older. She wasn't like an old lady, but she was older for yeah. sure. I don't, I'm not victim shaming, but she like. She definitely. Oh. She didn't even move. It's like a sniper gun. Yeah. It, was a, it was a ball coming right at her, and she didn't even flinch until it hit her. Well, yeah, I mean, like, because they're, they're always looking, like... But it's in between the games. The game was over. She didn't have to be looking at the it's line. It's true, it's true. It's fair. Yeah, what are you looking at? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, still, Novak, what are you oh, doing? dumbass. You Just, can't do that. What an idiot. He's got to look before he hits it where he's going to yeah, hit it. Yeah, he wasn't even you looking. Can't, you can't be hitting the line judges, whatever. No, it's, I don't care how hard it is. You can't do it. Especially when he had a cakewalk of a major. Yeah. There oh, was yeah. no competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there were no former major was, winners, I think. In it. He was the only draw on the men's side. Yeah. And he took himself out of it in the first round. Like what are you was doing? Was it the first round? I think it was like the I third. thought it was the quarterfinals. Yeah. Or, it, it was late. It, it, was it late. might have been whatever. It might have been the quarters. Regardless, it was early. It might as well have been the first round. I it doesn't matter when it was. The fact that he did it is just ridiculous. <laughs> just ridiculous. Stupid. He's so dumb. Alright. Last one, LeBron James Jr. Uh, signs with 
the gaming esports organization phase, and he's still eligible, I guess, college-wise, I think. I mean, I don't know like what that does, but we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen an amateur athlete. You Is know, he getting paid? I think he's getting paid. I mean, he, he signed something with them. I don't know if it's like he's actually being but compensated. But you can have a job and go Yeah, to, you can well, have yeah. an internship. But you can so, have a real job. Like well, people, yeah, yeah, true. People, yeah. Get, people get paid while they're at school. So he's just got to be showing th- the work. I think, he's, yeah. I think he's still technically too young to compete in, like, say, Warzone, like Call of Duty Warzone tournaments. I think he's still too young to compete in those. But Wait, all, really? There's an age limit? I guess so. That's what I saw. I, I saw that he couldn't compete. Yeah, and the kid who won the Fortnite thing was in high school. Well, I know, but that's... I don't know if it's on the game basis. I just saw something that he couldn't compete in the first tournament he was supposed to compete in because of his age. I don't know. But regardless, he's with FaZe now. We've never seen an amateur athlete make that kind of move. And especially with the streaming world now, he streams on Twitch. It's a way to grow his platform and his brand before he even enters college. I mean, it's crazy. So it's, yeah, Jonathan. Is he actually, like, Good or is it? I I would assume it's I, just the name, right? I, I mean, think he well, probably stinks if he was playing against real people, right? I don't I think, think he's like signed to be like on like their actual Call of Duty team. Like, there's so many tournaments that run. Yeah, just in a general, pub, it's a publicity. He's play. a well, he's a he's got con, quote unquote content creator for them. So like his streams and stuff, all that. I'm sure he has phase branding on his streams now and stuff like that. Oh, like Nick Merckx. Yeah, exactly. You know, Nick Merckx isn't like a pro pro. He's a content creator for Phase. Uh, mostly, he does play in tournaments on the side. So again, is this a trend? Are we going to see a lot more of this over the next five ish to ten years? Absolutely, I think so. It's going to run rampant. I think. I mean, gaming's taken off. Like Twitch is one of the biggest things out there. People are going to, kids are going to see that as another TikTok and other stuff, other ways to make money. Yep. And like, he's LeBron James' son. He can do whatever he wants. And he can put and put his name on it, and it'll sell just because of who his dad is. And this is just another thing. He's gonna get. He might be turned into the next ninja just because of how many people are gonna go on because of LeBron. And LeBron pops his head in every once in a while. Hey guys, Taco Taco Tuesday! Taco Tuesday! (laughs) He just brings a taco in, and and he gets seventy-five thousand subs. Subs, yeah, all the subs rolling. Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely think it's gonna be a trend. And I think for the good, in part, too, because it's like, you know, these amateur guys, they can't make money off, in, in a lot of ways, off their likeness, you know, say, you know, in college and stuff. They can't sell themselves really that way. So hopefully this doesn't, I mean, I don't see why it would affect any eligibility, but it's, it's just, we haven't seen, like, a, you know, in a 15, 16-year-old, you know, high school top prospect signing to an esports team. It's just foreign to see. I don't know. I mean, nobody, like... When uh, if an athlete goes out and like this like they're like Uber drivers or stuff while they're in college exactly or they yeah. work at a restaurant like right it's never been a problem before so I don't yeah really it's just his it, yeah exactly why it would be a problem now I mean like if basketball was involved like something like that in his like career high school like for high school basketball and college wise like if th- there's a tie in there then yeah I could see yeah something but, but gaming has nothing gaming to do has it, so. right yeah. I just, I think it's good for amateur athletes, though. I think it's a good sign. I'll just never be able to, like, fully accept the people who label themselves as social media influencer. That's, like, their main, like... <laughs> yeah. Influencer. That's, like, their main, like, career highlight. Yeah. That, 
I, that <laughs> just baffles me that, that that's where we're at in 2020. There was a girl that I went to high school with, or she's a couple years below me, and she posted on LinkedIn the other day, and she's like, I'm a social media influencer looking for a new company to work with, and like listed some of the companies that she's worked with before, and I'm like, bruh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like somebody wants you to influence their stuff? I don't know. It's, yeah, no. I've, it's a foreign concept to me. Yeah. I'm totally out on all that. There, there's that. E- another crazy thing is that they're letting social media influencers, like, sponsor, get sponsorships, basically, with college universities to just promote their, like, apparel and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, But then yeah. the student-athletes can't make a profit on their own name and likeness. There's going to be a tipping How? point. It's, it's happening, I think, in the next few just years. Just because you play a sport? That... They will get u- unionized somehow. There, it has to be. It there just will be a way. It doesn't make any sense. Like how how can how can students who who don't play sports make deals with universities to promote themselves and make money off of that and basically make money off of their likeness just for wearing a school's apparel? But a, a an athlete for that school can't get paid a cent. For yep. taking his team to the College World Series or the Frozen Four or the national championship of whatever sport. That that is just mind blowing. Yeah. And the change I think I think next five years, like the tipping point is I feel, I feel like we've already passed that. But with, you know, Bronny James signing the phase and like what Northwestern tried a few years back. Um there's going to be enough pressure at some point, I think, to push things through, but it's just a matter of time, I guess. I know, Stupid. I mean, <laughs> the NCAA makes just an absolute shit ton of money, especially off of the men's basketball tournament every year, and those kids that are raking in all that money, like, get nothing out of it when they're the only reason that it happens. Like, because if the talent stunk, like, nobody... Okay, maybe not nobody. Some people might watch it for laughter or whatever. You wouldn't get, like, national TV yeah. deals and uh, your own network. The money ACC would be nowhere near the same. But when you have amazing talent at that age, like, people are going to pay to see it and, yep. and, and broadcast it. And the people that are responsible for the reason why those games are being broadcast deserve a share of the slice. Yeah, the labor doesn't get paid. The only labor that gets paid are the uh, old, you know older coaches. Yeah. So that's our show. Uh, We're going to try to do another one next week as well. You know, along with the NFL weeks, keep up with our mortal locks. We'll see if we get back in studio soon. Thank you all for listening. It is the Mouth and Off Sports Show with Dan Sadik, Zach Glacey, Ryan Brown, and Jonathan Sullivan. Fuck Duke and have a great day. Carolina plus two and a half. No Bears. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home to the place.
to blue water Dark and dusty Painted on the sky Misty taste of moonshine Teardrop in my eye 